Hello, welcome to Hello. I'm your host, John Maloney. And in this episode, I've not brought on regulars because one is working, uh, the other had a long day, another one may be working, and the fourth and final one, well, who knows what's happening with them. But anyway, as for our guest, he is from Ohio. Got it right? Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. He is a computer programmer, but also writes MG fantasy books and working with kids to teach video game storytelling. Mm, this is going to be a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you S.A. Snyder. Hey, how you doing? How come I, in my head I keep hearing the Muppets theme song and Kermit going, yay, right now? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Vibes. So, how's life? Uh, it's pretty good uh, here. It is like low 70s, high 80s, low 70s, and not humid, which is very good for Ohio. Uh, great weather outside. So, you know, of course, I'm going to spend my day sitting in front of the computer. Ah, of course. And uh, have you been up too much recently? Uh, pardon me, what was that? Have you been, have you been up too much recently? Uh, writing. Um, trying to get out and enjoy some stuff. I'm going camping this weekend. Um, but other than that, working and writing. Okay, nice. So tell, tell me more about what you do. My day job, I'm a computer programmer. I've been doing that for most of my life, really, but full-time for over 20-some years. I do web development, database applications, that type of thing. Um, I enjoy it, but uh, other than that, uh, I like, I'm learning how to play guitar. I've always been a musician. I play drums. I play some piano, and I've been in a bass I've played bass guitar on a cruise ship and with a rock, local rock band. And now I'm learning to play guitar a little bit. I enjoy board games and some video games when I uh, get the chance. Okay. Pretty cool. And is there like a specific type of computer programming you do? Or is it just like computer programming in general? Uh, it, it's mostly web-based, database applications for websites. So I, I don't do much like desktop software programming, like Office and Word or anything like that. I don't, I, I toyed around with, played with doing some development for mobile apps like phone games, things like that. But the money earning a job is web development for websites. Hmm. Okay, cool. And tell me more about the MG fantasy books you've written. That um, is something that's been on my mind for a long time that I've just now been actually getting out. The stories are basically fantasy, though the ones that are coming, uh, do I do have some different versions of fantasy, you could say. Uh, but the set I'm working on right now is called Town Magician Series. And it's about a boy who lives in a world where some people have magic and others don't, and their world, their towns are basically ruled and controlled by a town magician who is the best magician in the town. And the back history is that there used to be monsters in this world and the soldiers kept them at bay until somebody discovered magic and released it in the world. And then the magicians became more powerful than the soldiers. 
So that's the back history. Now we're up to where the monsters aren't really attacking the towns anymore and everything's transitioned to people going to towns that have the best town magicians. Um, and that's how the towns grow is they get good town magicians. And this boy finds out that their town magician is a fake and he wants to prove it. And before he does, an evil town, an evil magician challenges the town magician who now has to figure out how to fight this guy. And our hero, Samuel, goes along for the ride to discover some things about himself along the way. Interesting. So that's a lot to take in, really. Yeah, it's amazing. Also, you've been working with kids to teach them video game storytelling. Yes, that is something that's developed. Uh, When I first started, I wasn't even trying to write middle grade books. I was, I think, trying to write fantasies or thrillers, and none of it was coming out well. And I was working with Jay Thorne, who has done a lot of mentoring and helping me. And I was also working with James L. Rubart, who helped me a lot. He's been on the Novel Marketing Podcast. And Zach Bohannon, sorry, didn't want to forget him. But between the three of them, they helped me realize that my style, my thinking, my stories fit much better as middle grade. And once I started writing middle grade, it all seemed to click much better. And I've always been involved with kids. I was a cub master and a scout master. I was also a Girl Scout leader. I was a baseball coach. So I've worked, and I am martial arts instructor. And I've worked with kids in all of those. So when I started writing the middle grade fantasy stories, I didn't want, I, I realized I didn't want to just write books and put them out there that I wanted to work with kids and help kids. And the magic with kids is their imagination. And we sometimes lose that as adults, which is good because I haven't. My kids say all the time, I'm like a 12 year old. So I can relate to kids, I hope easily. And I want them to realize that there's magic in their imaginations and they can do things with their imaginations. So I really, I started adding things to my books, uh, resources for teachers and parents to talk to the kids about, words for the kids to know, and story ideas for kind of fan fiction of my own stuff for the kids to write and for teachers to use as as prompts. And that evolved into, I realized that in today's world, we've got books, we've always had books, and we'll always have kids reading books, but a lot of the stories come from movies and video games. And I don't know as much about making a movie or writing a screenplay, but I have been involved with some video games, not only playing video games, but uh, developing a couple mostly for fun, but there's stories there too. And this is something that kids can look at and start learning about and doing right now. There's tools out there. I mean, all a kid needs is, pen and paper or their phone or a laptop and they can write stories. They can write short stories all day long. They can get practice writing stories. And that's way more important is that practice and writing stories. And for them later in life, there are careers now for narrative storytelling in video games. So that is a whole different way of telling a story that we don't really teach And it's something that kids can learn and they don't have to know programming. They don't have to be a programmer. They don't have to be an artist there. They can just 
tell the story that gets made into a video video game tell the story of the characters write the lines that the characters say so i've got a workshop that i work with kids to introduce them to this idea and concept and pres- provide them with some tools that they can actually use and practice and create some video games while they're still in middle school high school wow incredible nice i hope so they seem to like it yeah hope i think they really should it's, it's a really good concept what you're doing thanks you're welcome is this, along with other stuff you've done, something you've always wanted to do, or was there something else you wanted to do when you were younger? Uh, when I was younger, I wanted to be a veterinarian, and then when I got my Commodore 64, I wanted to program computers, which is what I do, but I was always in the music, and I actually went to school for some music. I played on a cruise ship for a while, so I've kind of bounced around, which some people view as a detriment, a bad thing, but... I seem to see a lot of creative people doing the same thing. So I think it's more a sign of restlessness in creativity and needing to find that niche that really works for you. And I got back into computers uh, because I had a family and I had bills to pay, but I haven't been able to be as creative with that as I was when I was a kid and just playing around. So I think the writing evolved from that. Uh, I mean, I used to do Dungeons and Dragons and create dungeons for people to go through. And I made some little video games when I was a kid on a Commodore. And then that kind of died when I got older and had a family, like I said, but now it's coming back out. And when I was writing the books and thinking about it, I was at a conference uh, again that Jay Thorne, Zach Bohannon put on and they were talking about, uh, honestly, I don't even remember, but it suddenly struck me that Nobody is really working with kids to teach them how to tell stories that work in video games and that video game storytelling is an actual career and it's something kids can do now. You don't have to, if you want to be a doctor or if you want to be a rocket scientist, you kind of got to wait till you get through high school and college before you go find a job to do that. But writing stories and creating video games and stories for video games that's something kids can do right now. I just don't think many of them realize it. And I don't think teachers and parents realize that kids can do that now. And I've talked to several people in the industry that are involved with making video games, have made video games. And essentially they are much more interested in somebody that has experience creating video games and writing stories and stories for video games than they are in somebody who has a college degree with no experience. So what that tells me is that a kid who goes into middle school and starts writing stories, joins their writing club, uh, maybe works on a book, but also makes some video games for fun, has a good story with the video game that when they graduate from high school, they're 18 years old, they could go to college, they could go to a trade school, they could just get a job, or they could actually go work in the video game industry or write novels or both. And that, that's an avenue that we don't talk about and teach as much to our kids, but it's something that fits some kids very well and probably better than the other choices. So I'm just exposing parents, teachers to these ideas and giving kids a chance to work on and practice. Even the ones that don't want to do it later in life, they have a lot of fun making video games. I mean, what kid doesn't want to make their own video game, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
So, what sort of terrain in like pots, what kind of terrain would you most thrive in most? Would I thrive in the most? Yeah. I'm not sure. That's an interesting question. I would love to catch up all my bills so I don't have to work so hard so I can spend more time. I'd love to get up in the morning and work on some stories and then go visit a school and work with some kids and then go to a library and visit a library and maybe do a talk at the library and on weekends spend time at bonfires and campfires and stuff like that. Uh, that would be like my ideal environment. Is that, that what you were looking for? Yeah, close enough. Great answer. <laughs> so if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Oh, wow. See, that's tough for me because I've, well, I've traveled all over the U.S. and I've been to Canada, but it, it stopped there. I haven't been to other countries. Well, I've been to, down in Jamaica. Um, and I really enjoyed all those places. But honestly, I really like where I'm at. I, I do like the changes in weather here in Ohio. Uh, it's, it can get annoying and aggravating when it's 95 degrees out and you're sweating like crazy just walking the dog. But you also get that balance with days like this, which are perfect. You get very nice evenings. You've got uh, good you know, places to camp and go in the outdoors. And then we have good snows. I'm a, I'm a winter baby, so I like the snow. I like going out and doing snow activities it doesn't the cold doesn't bother me much and I, I don't have to travel for work so i don't have to worry about driving too much in it um and, and all my friends and family are here so I, i've always got people around me uh that i care about that i've known that we have memories we have shared activities we do so i think where i'm at is pretty much my ideal spot okay great you could travel back in time what decade would you want to be in <laughs> um well, well is this like permanent to live there like you got traveled and suddenly you're stuck or is uh, this well, to visit well, well, it's up to, well it's up to you if you want to stay there that's perfectly fine and if not you can you, you know there's still the option to come back oh, man well i mean if, if we were doing a time travel story and we could bounce around and choose our times well that's ideal you could visit anything but i, I really sometimes miss the 80s and that could be more rose-colored glasses than anything else, but I had a great time during the 80s and all this 80s nostalgia is just bringing back a slight ache for that decade. I mean, that was when I was a teenager and doing all sorts of activities with my friends. And I loved the music and everything, all the new things coming out and how things were changing. So I think that was a great time. It'd be nice to go back there, but then I'm also afraid that it wouldn't be as great as I imagined. <laughs> And it would ruin it for me. So I'd still pick the 80s, but uh, it, it could, if we were just visiting, well, heck, then we'll just do a different story for all sorts of different decades. Okay. Yeah, I, said, I guess so. What takes a lot of time to master, but it's definitely worth it? Well, just about anything you have a passion for. Uh, I've been doing computer programming, uh, well, since I was a kid on my own with my Commodore. And every year, every five years, I've learned and gotten something new. Uh, even now, I've been learning some new things with WordPress that I didn't know before. I didn't know how to program. 
So there's always something to learn. And I, I can't say I've mastered all of it. Uh, music is another great example. I see too many people, too many kids that don't understand. You've got to put the time in, you've got to concentrate and work on the basic skills. Uh, martial arts was the same way. We always got people, kids mostly, but their parents sometimes coming into martial arts and not understanding that you have to practice these kicks, these punches uh, hundreds and hundreds of times to get them down just right. So that when you do a form, you can do those without thinking about it. And the form looks good and is smooth. You can't just come to martial arts, do the kicks one time and be a, a master. And it comes back the same thing with the writing. Uh, I, I look at my first thing I wrote and I was proud of it. And then my editor got a hold of it and I ended up ripping out half the book, literally 35,000 words gone because it wasn't that good, but I learned from it. And I can't say I'm a master now, but I definitely can see how I've gotten better. So there, there isn't much of anything that you can really master without sitting down and working on it and practicing it, especially things that are creative because they're so subjective uh, that it's not, uh, okay, you're good at it or you're not. You know, I could pass a test back in high school physics, but I don't really consider myself a master at it at all. And creative is even more so because you can't really have a test as to whether your voice is correct in a story. It's your voice. It's just, you have to keep working on it to improve. So if it's a passion, it's something worth working on to improve and pushing yourself and testing yourself to see if you have improved and, and also to get better. That's what I try and do. Okay, great. Now, are you more of a cat person or a dog person? <laughs> That's a dangerous question. Um, I've always been a dog person, love dogs. I, uh, I got, when my kids were younger, we got two wonderful rescue dogs that were the best dogs ever. And I love them. Um, I've always been much more of a dog person. I don't hate cats, but I've never really cared to have one until I did. And we, <laughs> there was this one crazy little cat outside cat that appeared and he was just, uh, he clawed up people's legs and got in their face and bit noses and, and wanted to get attention. And he'd come running in the house every chance he got. And I didn't want him to get run over and killed. So I brought him in and he is energetic and crazy. And at night he'll come up and he'll stand on my face. And then he lays down like a first stole. And I absolutely love the little guy. He's a great cat. So I think it depends on the hour. I kind of change a bit now. Cats and dogs. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I certainly see where you're coming from. How long was your plank? How long was your your last plane travel already um well i usually for work take a plane trip down to florida every year for a conference we do but we haven't done it the last two years so i haven't been on a plane in a very long time um i did travel to chicago by car a couple months ago and that was fun i enjoyed traveling by car even if it's something I could get by plane. My kids and I took a trip down to New Orleans with to see family and we did it by car and it took a couple of days, but we had a good trip. We made a couple stops, saw some things. 
Uh, we didn't take freeways the whole way. We took some back roads, so it did take a little longer, but sometimes you have some interesting adventures and see some things you wouldn't expect. And I, I like to do that rather than just jump on a plane and, oh, we're there. The travel's part of the whole adventure for me. Okay. Well, that would be nice to, it would be nice for me to go to New Orleans. I've heard so much, so much things about it. It's so great. Yeah, I've been there twice now. Uh, it is interesting. Uh, it's, it's fun. Um, good stuff to see. I went down the last time for a writer's conference type thing, uh, that we were getting together to explore the city and write a anthology of short stories about vampires. So that, uh, there's a, there's a plug. There you go. It's coming out in October, but that's why I went to New Orleans was to meet up with other writers for this anthology. What's your favorite quote? Favorite quote. Oh man. Well, uh, I, I like a lot of quotes from movies, I say, especially like Star Wars and that. One of my favorites is some of them from Rudolph, like where Hermie goes, we can be independent together. That just cracks me up. Um, there's one by FDR. He says, do what you can with what you have where you are. And I always liked that one. It always sounded like uh, something MacGyver would say. So I, I liked that. So those are the ones I, I quote a lot of movie and songs, depending on the context of the situation. But those are the two that come to mind right away. Okay. Nice. How much time do you spend on the internet? Uh, pretty much all day. And it's not surfing. It's not Facebook so much. Uh, I, because of my work, I'm on uh, doing work stuff. So I'm not on the internet per se as like social media and that. Um, and then I do spend a little time catching up with friends and things. I don't do the surfing, the videos, surfing, the Facebook feeds as much as a lot of people I know. So that's, that's a, a different answer. I'm on all the time, but not in the way most people are. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I respect that. And really, who's not on the internet today? I mean, even when I go to watch TV or something, it's through a streamed service or listen to music. It's a streamed service. You know, uh, I communicate with people via email. It, you know, we need those chips just to integrate it directly into our brains at this point, it seems. Yeah, especially, especially people who is widely known from the internet. Right. So you, you, just, you, can't, you just can't get away from it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think people don't realize how some things are connected to the internet that they don't even think about. I mean, even my mother is on the internet quite a lot now. Uh, she, she checks email, she reads Facebook, which is pretty astounding to my sister and I. <laughs> mm, okay. What is the one thing you can't live without? <gasps> wow. See, that's so tough. I, I mean, Music. I don't know if I have one thing. That's too tough of a question. Uh, I, I'd go crazy without being able to listen to music or being able to go out uh, in the woods and camping and things like that. But uh, my, my, my kids and my friends and family, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to do without them. I couldn't give up any of those things for the other. That's an unfair question. I'm going to write you as a bad character asking that question in a story. There you go. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
if you could see one movie again for the first time, which one would it be? Oh, it'd be it'd be Star Wars for the first time again. Um, when the the movie Force Awakens came out in 2015, I went with my kids, and I was so excited to see it with them. Uh, it was the first Star Wars movie in the theater, obviously with them because they were young; they were like 12 or so. And I was sitting there, and that's where my son said. Oh man, you look like you're 12 years old waiting for the move. You're like ready to pee your pants. You're so excited. He says, I can see you swinging your legs like a little kid that's anxious for the movie to start. And they were laughing at me, but that's kind of where they started calling me the intergalactic 12 year old, which I believe is some reference to Dr. Who also. Um, but yeah, the, when those new movies came out, I was so excited and take my kids to see them. But if I could go back and see that original one, uh, again, like as if I had never seen it, but, but the, the thing is I've had decades of books and other TV shows and movies now and comics and other movies. And so many things with star Wars, I wouldn't want to lose all of that and trying to catch up on it. So I, I guess if I could blank my memory and see the movie for the first time, but still have retain all the other stuff, that'd be great. <laughs> there, there I'll, I'll, I'll change the question a bit. How's that? All right. Yeah, sounds good. Love it. What's the best way to start the morning? To wake up, get out of bed. Um, <laughs> uh, for me, after that, it's usually uh, taking the dog for a walk, grabbing a good cup of coffee. Uh, in the summer, fall especially, I like to be up early before it gets hot uh, and hopefully go out with the dog, walking a bit, breathing the air. Uh, that's That's probably my favorite way to start the morning. On weekends, I don't feel like doing too much walking. So a lot of times it's sitting in some shade and reading for a while, listening to some music while I do so. Okay, great. What would be the first thing you would do if you won the lottery? If I, oh man, I was just talking to somebody about this. Weren't we all? The lottery was, you know, what, uh, 1.2 billion or something like that a month or so ago. First thing I would do, I, I'm boring. I don't, uh have the oh i'm going to go to disney or buy a cruise ship or anything like that i would i would go talk with a uh, financial consultant first thing and get control of that i hear too many stories of people winning the lottery and then being broke five years ten years later uh i, I would want to invest that money in my friends i know several friends who would love to have a business run a business or do something you know, I'd be like the the partner that invests and gets it running while they, you know, they they run it and I'm the, the partner. And then that would also be income for me through every month and years. But I'd also be helping all my friends. So not the exciting answers. Uh, I'd make sure I put money aside so that uh, 10 years, 15, 20 years from now, I haven't spent it all. I try and limit myself because I'm happy. I, I like where I live, you know, I got my friends and family. I don't need a big boat. I don't need a bigger car, uh, that type of thing. Uh, so I would be happy just not having to worry about the money and being able to do exactly what I wanted. Kind of like Daniel Radcliffe. You know, he said he has enough money to li live his whole life. He can be in whatever movies he wants. He doesn't care because it's not about making money anymore. You know, that that'd be it for me. I'd be able to constant, I, I'd be able to write my books and not worry about them selling because I don't need the money to live. So I could do things 
to work with kids, to get books in the kids' hands that I wouldn't be able to do if I was worried about the money. So lots of good things with that. All right. Cool, cool. If you had to bury treasure chest, where would you hide it? Oh, huh. If I had a buried treasure chest, well, I'd want to put it in a nice, interesting, exotic location and create clues and maps for kids to find in my books. And there, there's, how's that for getting them to buy your book, right? But the, the, there was a guy, The Secret, I think it was called, or something like that. That guy, like, in the 80s, wrote a book with pictures and clues to these hidden boxes he had put all over the country in different cities and it was uh, 20 of them or something and only like seven or eight have ever been found and honestly a couple of them were just found in the last couple of years by uh, josh gates and people he's talked to so i'd want to do something like that where it'd be an adventure hunt to get people on to get people out to get people reading <laughs> you know uh mm-hmm. nefarious yeah. uh, reasons there but I'm not sure where I would find to put it. Uh, It'd have to be accessible, but hidden and interesting and something that would last through time because I wouldn't want people to find it right away. Uh, uh, I don't know. That's the best answer. I don't have a specific location. Okay. It was great effect. And that is all we have for this episode. It was great having you here, Mr. Schneider, talking about your work as a computer programmer, uh, author of fantasy books, working with children in video games, video game storytelling. It's been amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Good questions. They were so so different and interesting. Got me thinking. We need these questions in some game. Oh, yeah. Now, that would be a good marketing strategy. There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, until next time, stay tuned for more. <laughs>